welcome to season two of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our 21st episode of Pasco Podcast. Join us today from our Florida Sports Coast team is Tourism Director Adam Thomas and Communications Director Colby Gason. So, welcome to the show. I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks uh, for you, having you, us. You, you kind of just put on a big show last week. This yep. will be a little smaller than yep. that, but <laughs> more intimate. More intimate. Yes. 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 Um, a few hundred less. Yeah. A few hundred less. Yeah. Well, we get, I don't know, a thousand plus views. So, you <laughs> know, it's up there. So, hey, as we get started, kind of, um, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself and how you came to Pasco? Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll go first. Um, um, I came to Pasco in 2017, and and I'm about to come up on my five-year uh, anniversary. And my first day was actually when Hurricane Irma came through and okay. sat in the EOC for the first week of, uh, of my tenure here. But I, I came to Pasco County. Um, I was recruited by Kathy Pearson to come here for probably close to two years and finally said, okay. Uh, jumped the uh, ship from Citrus County, where I was a tourism director there, and came to Pasco County for, uh, for for this job. And it's been probably one of the best decisions I've made so far. Okay, good, good. And so just so everybody's aware, you actually had another career before tourism, I, I, right? I, I you did, know, so. yes. So my, my <laughs> other career was a professional baseball player. I played for four different major league organizations. I played over in Taiwan, Mexico, Venezuela, and Dominican Republic. Okay. And all over Canada. Oh, <laughs> had to throw that one in. I had to throw it in. Yeah. 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 All right, and Colby? Yeah, uh, I don't have a former professional baseball career. Um, I just want to lead with that. <laughs> um, I actually uh, got my start in local news down here. Okay. I worked for a couple of local news stations and then kind of did the PR marketing thing. And finally, the dream, I think other people in the room can attest to this, is to work for government. It's like the unicorn in the marketing PR world. And when uh, I thought it was the PIO job, actually, that opened up with the county and Shelly Bandy from our office called me on my birthday for the interview and I came in I'm like oh we're doing the tourism thing okay I have no clue what this is let's just try it on Adam called me within an hour after my interview and I always tell people it's the my dream job I never knew I wanted so working in tourism is truly the best and working for Pasco County has been right. a and real we'll, treat so. and, we'll, and we'll talk a little bit about sports Florida's coast as we get going but you know five years ago when I showed up a little before you did you know tourism was buried in another department in another group right? right under strategic i can't remember the name of it now and we broke that up right you know kathy wanted it really bad so we gave it to her and then she recruited you so right. we've come a long way in you know five years or so, so. we have a, a long way and um you, you know colby and i and the team at florida sports because we kind of comically joke about this uh, periodically that you know we're doing what should have been done 20 years ago and um we have come a long way in our in our uh our performance measures have have shown that over the course of the past you know three four years so you know that doesn't happen accidentally no. right no. and so let's talk a bit about um you know leadership philosophy you know how do you lead people kind of what your thought process your philosophy behind doing that because you all lead a lot of you know direct people but most of your work is indirect right, right. so ref referential authority where you don't have direct authority over right that. so how do, how do you work with that you know I, I think uh for, for me it's um we are in a position of serving people and coming from a servant leadership uh model um and i look at my servant leader my sovereign lord and savior jesus right. christ as the ultimate 
servant. So mm-hmm. uh, I take that model into my daily life and I love on people. We're in a position to where we can alter and change the people's direction and alter their course mm-hmm. in their daily life and their work profession and their personal life. And I, I really take that to heart, you know, because we're in the people business. Mm-hmm whether it's in hospitality and travel, whether it's in the public sector and the private sector and public government, we are in a position to actually love on people and change their, uh, uh, their, their lives. Yeah. So, so. a little new dynamic to the serving our community, create a better future. Absolutely. Mission saver, right. The right. purpose there behind that is yeah. we can do that through a lot of different means. So. Yes. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. One, it takes a good leader, uh, right. to learn how to be a good leader. And I always say it also takes, Bad leadership too. Uh, to <laughs> um, I have had the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to work for some people who definitely set very clear examples of how I never wanted to lead. And I think through those bad examples, it showed me that I always want to lead with being a genuine person. Mm-hmm. I never want to put on any fronts. I want people to see me for who I am and know that I respect them. I want to build that trust with them um, and to not have any barriers in between that. And I feel like that's personally served me really well. Obviously, I'm I'm still starting in my career, and I think there's a lot of growth within my leadership. Um, but yeah, you got to take the good and the bad. Right. And and thankfully, I had the bad first, and then I had a good <laughs> in front of right. me for the past yeah. three and a half years. So it's it's all about striking that balance. But I think um, just being a genuine human being and, and right. showing leading with kindness, like Adam said, is really vital in people immediately giving you that trust in a leader. And, and once you get that, nothing feels better. You know, it, it right. it's like that personal connection that you know how, that you now have with them. It's like, now we can go forward. Now we can really create something together. Right. So it's, it's really special. It's a good opportunity yeah. to be a leader. Right, right. And don't be a knuckle, knucklehead, right, Dan? Yeah. Don't be a knucklehead. <laughs> don't be a knucklehead. Yeah. That's yeah, 2%. We all yeah. 2%. So, well, and you know, you, 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 you say, you know, perfect, right? Sometimes we learn more from our bad experiences than we do from our good experiences. And, you know, I think that's, that's shown in how, you know, how you, I've, sometimes I've learned more from the bad leaders, yeah. right? You know, these are things I don't want to do, you know, and then even from the good leaders, you see, okay, well, that element I don't like, right? Or, you know, because none of us are perfect, right? Except and for so, Adam. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like no, said, we we like, all know better than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, there's only one perfect man that walked the face right, of the right. earth and he died over 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, so hey, when um, kind of as you were, you know, growing up through your career, when did you kind of decide you wanted to lead others, right? I mean, you know, there probably had to be a lot of leadership stuff in baseball, there, in yes, sports, right? Yeah. But that's a kind of a different thing, right? It is. It, it's 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 more of uh, a team effort, and it takes a team to actually lead on the field. And it's, uh, but it as a pitcher, we can lose or win a game any game we're, we're, we're uh, competing in. So um, you can lead others um, during a game if there's an error that happens, if there's a botched play, if there's the execution is not up to the standards of, of what the team is striving to achieve. Um, you can be that leader in between innings on the field. You can be that communications person to to, to lift up a team. So I believe um, as a pitcher, which I was on good days, other days I was a thrower, but uh, there, there are times where um, there's that moment of clarity where you can actually lead into people or lean into people and lead them through, um, through challenges. Right. Right. Yeah. So. I truly have to say it going through a really bad experience with a manager who it was a situation where I lost myself 
I didn't have an opportunity to, I, I didn't have their faith. Mm-hmm. They didn't trust my abilities. And I just really ended up losing who I was in that role. And, and it was in that moment where I kind of looked up and I was like, if I ever have the opportunity to lead others, I know what example I want to set. And what's really funny is immediately the job I got after that was an opportunity to be in a leadership role. And sometimes you just have to project that and put that out there and it'll come back to you. But it was truly kind of being in the trenches and going through it and really making that making that commitment to myself of, you know, if I'm given this opportunity, I know the impact I want to have on others. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happens. So right, right, right. So in, in terms of leadership, kind of as you look back over, you know, the course of your life, it's kind of been the biggest influence that's guided you and, and, and helped you develop your skills and abilities as a leader. Um, from a, from my position currently, um, as a tourism director, there are, gosh, there's a lot of, of individuals, um, in leadership. You, you know, you have Don Welsh, who's the, the, the CEO and president of, of Destinations International, Jack Wart, who just retired. Um, and we believe that he's going to be inducted into the uh, Florida hall, uh, hall of fame of tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, and his face is going to be up, <laughs> up in the Capitol one day. Um, Don Anderson, who's our strategic planner, our consultant for tourism. He actually started the CDME program for okay. Destinations International, which is the accreditation for, uh, Certified Destination Management Executive. Uh, It's the highest accreditation in our industry. Um, So there's, but also my my, my peers, um, Santiago Correta and Visit Tampa Bay, Steve Hayes and uh, uh, Visit St. Pete Clearwater. Um, Those are individuals that are really setting the pace for tourism that we can model after. All right. For me, it's more of the individuals and as a female leader, I think it's really important to look at the attributes that you can take from both styles of leadership. You know, Adams uh, brought one style uh, that has provided a great opportunity to learn from, but then there's other female leaders out, especially in the tourism community who have been in there a long time. And they've really had to kind of fight a little bit more to make a career um, within the industry because it used to be heavily male dominated. So when you have the opportunity to learn from strong females like that who have, you know, really paved the way for individuals like me, uh, I am humbled to sit back and just listen to them. Um, And if they're willing to take me on as a mentee, I just sit there and I eat it like soup. I just slurp up all of their knowledge um, and everything I can learn from them. So yeah, I, and I, I do like sitting back and watching our internal leaders because I learned from my peers as well. Brian Hoban, Keith, Keith Wiley, um, Mike Shoemate, yourself included, Kathy, um, all the ACAs that are in the leadership position. I see how they respond to certain situations and I, and I, and I take little nuggets from, from those situations and apply them to my leadership. Uh, right. in my position what, that I'm currently in. So I, I, I think um, if, if you just watch your surroundings, um, you're, you're going to gain a lot of insight from just the people you hang around with. Right, so, right, right. Um, I'm, and I'm, we're very fortunate to be in public government because we can see public leaders from the legislation, from legislators to local commissioners to local county administrators. So And just to piggyback off of what Adam said, I think a huge part of being a leader is you have to be an open individual. You have to constantly be in a state of learning because the second you think you know everything, that's always a chance to be humbled. Right. And that's good. That's good. I mean, I think there's two two types of people in this world. Those that are humbled and those that are about to be humbled. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm humbled enough to, to... Humble myself before my team, my family, uh, my my peers, and just and, and 
constantly learning uh, what Colby said. All right. Yeah. Well, and I think you see a lot of things that, you know, humility is one of the vital characteristics of a leader anyway, right? Because right? when you get ahead of yourself, and pride steps in. Yes, you, you know that's that's something's oh, about to happen, right? Something and bad's about to happen. Something bad's about to happen. You're and about so, to fall off the horse. It's gonna yeah. hurt. <laughs> right. So you have to you have to maintain that. And, and the other thing that allows you to do then is you you share and give credit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so you let others take their their part in the spotlight, right? And and we live in a unique you know environment, local government, where you know we have elected officials that. You know, to a certain extent, they need to be in the spotlight, right, to promote and do what they do, right? And so, uh, and you have a board right. also, right, that's out promoting their businesses or promoting what they do. And right. so it's kind of a little, you, you kind of got to, you know, manage that a mm-hmm. little bit, right? Right. So, so how, as you've gone through kind of your career, any, you know, lessons uh, about leadership that you'd like to share, successes or, or challenges along the way? You were kind of just talking about, I versus we, in a way. And this is something that Adam actually personally taught me. Coming from working in news, where it's you're you're fighting constantly to be noticed. I worked on the assignment desk, which is probably one of the biggest roles, yet the most thankless. You don't win Emmys (laughs) on the assignment (laughs) desk. And then while also working for an entrepreneur, it was constantly like, notice me. Hi, I'm here. Making sure people see you and know that you're pulling your weight. But it wasn't until I worked in the public sector to where I really understood what it meant to work as a team and the we of it all. And that's where it shifted from being I to we. And that was an opportunity that, whoa, once Adam like cracked that nugget, I was like, okay, this is what it really means to step into a leadership role as part of a team and to really um, be a good leader from there. And it's unfortunate that it had to take me working in the public sector to get to that point. But I think it's a valuable lesson for truly everybody to learn and understand is even if you are working in those jobs and you feel like you're not getting noticed, you know, find that person who can really give you that affirmation mm-hmm. that you need and kind of take a step back and look at the bigger picture and right. really see how you fit into that team and the role you play into it. Yeah. Right, right. Um, excuse me as I have a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> should, should we all? All three of us? Mm. Yeah. But I think, um, <laughs> I think the biggest moment of... of well, and your jacket. Too. Yeah, Colby's jacket. Yes, you know, it's... so I think the biggest uh, the, the biggest um, opportunity for us as as leaders um, and Colby came in at the right time because we were rebranding and repositioning Pasco County as a viable vacation destination for travelers. Right before that, it was it was nothing. It was really the OK Corral of tourism where. We didn't have a strategy. We didn't have a marketing plan. We I didn't don't have, even know, remember what our brand was. It was Visit Pasco. <laughs> oh, okay. It, yeah, yeah, it was Visit Pasco. But what did that mean? I have no idea. Right. Exactly. Neither did anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, I think our proudest moment was the birth of Florida Sports Coast back in March of 2019 and launching that at Tampa International Airport. And I think that was one of our proudest moments as a tourism bureau for, for Pasco County. Because um, we really had an identity there that really opened the door to a lot of opportunities for not only the destination, but the partners that make up the people, the businesses, the community that make up Florida Sports Coast. So I think that that 
strategic decision to rebrand and reposition us as Florida Sports Goes was was the proudest moment right, to date. Right. Yeah. Remember that and I remember having a discussion, I think either right before or after you kind of unveiled it at a board meeting and with one of my bosses. Um and you know, he was he was, you know, why are we going away from Vis Pasco? You know, why are we doing that? So I'm like, Commissioner, I don't know. I'm not the marketing guy. I'm not the. I, I, I don't know anything about that business. But if they tell me this is something that's going to work and yeah. they've sold the community on it, give them a shot. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. Right. And ultimately, you know, you got to trust your people. You hire people to do mm -hmm. a job, and you let them do it. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, I kind of think that turned out pretty well. It did. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. so. I yeah. think so too. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 definitely grown legs to where. Um, it's starting to be a little bit more recognizable within the Tampa Bay marketplace, but more across the state. And now, since we are doing so good at telling our community story of being Florida Sports Coast nationwide, and now with the open doors of international markets coming inbound to Florida, we're starting to see the pickup of international visitation because of the marketing efforts that Colby and the team do on a daily basis. So right. it's... the. The brand awareness, that top of mind awareness of who we are as a destination, is 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 uh, is definitely penetrated in the marketplace. So right. we do have a share of voice when it when right. it comes to, to marketing. Right, right. But it definitely took strong leadership, honestly, for the rebrand to even happen. I mean, mm -hmm. truly starting with Adam coming down and having the vision and knowing what steps needed to be taken in order to do that. But then it took all of us yeah. being leaders and stewards of this brand to go out into the community and really create that sense of ownership with our local partners right. the first time i tried to sell co-ops <laughs> to a room i was like and here's all these amazing marketing opportunities and i looked at 40 people and they were like pass <laughs> fast forward yes. three years and that's a very much a different story right. thankfully but i mean we really had to get out there and we had to hit the ground running mm -hmm. and we had to really get people to believe in us as yeah. a team and as well as the brand mm -hmm, yeah. and you know this has been an opportunity to be a leader that I don't, it's so unique. I don't think it truly could have happened anywhere else with any other team. Yeah. And it's, it's a trust factor, right? Mm -hmm. Trust factor within our own community, trust factor with the visitor. I mean, we have to live up to a brand promise, right? That brand promise needs to be at an all-time high because if it's not at an all-time high, we start to lose the retention of visitors. We start to lose the retention of visitors. Our return rate of visitation goes down. Our visitor spending goes down, sales tax generation goes down, all of our key performance indicators start taking a nosedive. So we need to start living up to the brand promise of Florida Sports Coast and who we are as a destination that first starts at the community level. Trust. Right. Trust factors right. there. All right. All right. So so as I mean, we could talk about that all day. Yeah. Uh, how do you um, <clears throat> continue to build leadership skills in your professional and personal life? I think what we do is complement one another's strengths and okay. weaknesses. So one, if we're failing, if I'm failing, I know uh, Colby is there or Consuelo or Gabby or Kayla or Shelly, someone in our office, Sage, is, is there to uh, pick me up uh, where I'm falling short. Um, I continue my education through the conferences and trade shows that I attend, the continuous education of my CDME accreditation, um, and just networking with my peers on seeing what's working and what's not working with them so I can apply that in my daily walk uh, right. of being the tourism director here right. for, for you. Right. 
And it's also looking at the individuals of who you manage. As Adam said, you know, there's always opportunities to learn from those directly that you work with, mm-hmm. but everybody is different and everybody requires a different management style. And that may vary from what yours personally is. You know, I'm not a micromanager, but sometimes people need more of personal attention. They need to know that you are involved in what they're doing. And I think it just really stems down to seeing the person and seeing what their needs are and then challenging yourself as a leader to step up and meet those needs. And sometimes that's hard. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect description of some of the quadrants of leadership, right? Yeah. You know, the leadership you give to the new employee, the trainee, is a lot different than the leadership of when you hire the, the director. Right. Right. And it should be right. There's different mm-hmm. expectations that go along with that. So, yeah, no, that's that's great. So so how do you identify and raise leaders in your team? And, and how do you you know, part of what we want to do is prepare the next generation, if you will. Right. And, and while we're all still here and we're all still working, but we want to build the next generation. So how do you do that? So I'm going to take a stab at that first, Dan. Um, I th- it's my philosophy. If I'm not training uh, Colby or Consuelo or my team to do my job, then I'm not doing my job. Right. So I want them to be an executive director. I want them to be an, a director of communications. I want them to move on to a bigger destination or take my role um, one day. Um, so if if I'm not preparing them for my job, duties and responsibilities that I'm not, I'm failing them as a leader. So, so what are some ways you actually do that? So, um, incorporate communications, go over strategic planning, go over, um, uh, destinations, Florida, uh, their, uh, legislative priorities. How do I tackle these, these priorities on a daily basis? Who do I talk to and who do I, who who do I bring to the table and, and, and have conversations with? Um, and it's the daily, it's the daily, uh, connectivity. It's the engagement on the programming, on the marketing, on the sales, and how are we showing the return on investment? So it's basically just a constant communication of, uh, just daily programming. Right. Right. Okay. And I'm a firm believer that education shouldn't just be available to leadership. Mm-hmm. I think you need to provide that opportunity to everybody because, as Adam said, you know, everybody deserves the right to learn and to grow. And if you don't provide those opportunities to everyone, then things are going to get stagnant and things are going to get stale. And also, you're not going to grow as a leader if you're not providing those education opportunities to everybody because they could go out and learn something and bring that back to you. And it gives you a different perspective to think about things. You take a look at individually in our office, you know, I have my CDME, Colby has her her, uh, her accreditation in, in public relations. Um, Consuelo has her uh, accreditation in sports management or sports event management. Um, Gabby was just appointed to Film Florida Board. Um, we have um, continuous education in our fields that that provide a lot more insight uh, to our our daily work as as the tourism agency for Pasco County. Okay, so let me go back to a couple things. Um, one, you mentioned the I versus we, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about how significant just minor changes in language are, yeah. right? Yes. So, I mean, you've seen that, right? The I versus we, yep. the team versus staff. Yep. The Yes. How do those little things, right? I, I call them little things, right? I mean, my guess is in, in, you know, in pitching, just a little movement of the hand makes a huge difference, right? It's it may, The little things in baseball make the bigger picture that much bigger. You know, the I versus we, the, the me versus team. I, I mean, I'm a stickler for that because I've seen other people in leadership say staff 
Right. And <laughs> it drives me crazy because you're not the only one. So I am. Yeah. Uh, I am not bigger than Florida Sports Coast. Right. Mm-hmm. I am not bigger than Pasco County. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a team effort. I am. I am in collaboration with the Florida Sports Coast team. I'm. They're not my. I'm not. They're not my staff. I don't. It just drives me up a wall <laughs> when I hear people refer to their their teams that they work with and not for. Um, it drives. It just drives me crazy to, to, to hear them belittled uh, as a staff person instead of a team. We were part of something. We we're a part of something bigger. Uh, we we're part of a brand. You know, we were part of a team. And it's more of a family-oriented team more than just a, a team you just see every day. I spend more time with them than I actually do my real family. So they are my family, um, and we make up a, a very strong team. I mean, as a communications professional, I think that just shows. Uh, <laughs> yes, I think that shows the importance of words and yeah. how just the change in one word can really create an entire different sense of place for yeah. people, and it can create yeah. that family atmosphere, and it can give people that ownership in what they're doing collectively versus individually. Because um, I'll never forget that conversation Adam and I had will stick with me forever in the best way possible because it totally changed my outlook as an individual. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I never heard myself saying it before. And then I collectively started hearing it more and I paid more attention to it. And now it's like, I can't even think about saying I. It's like, yeah. it's 100%. Like, anytime somebody would give a compliment about the banquet, I'm like, no, literally, I I didn't do anything. We all collectively yeah, right, right, pulled this right, off right, together. Right, right. It's yeah. not like I got up there and I was yeah. like, hey, <laughs> this event, right. all moi. Yeah. Absolutely not. It took an army <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of people, both on right, our team, right, right. our partners. It does. And everybody deserves that recognition yeah. because – I think we're all here to put our heart into what we do, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to give that if you don't feel like you're a part of something. Right. And I think that's oh, where that's you great. break down the yeah. barrier of the I versus we, where people can finally take ownership and yeah. pride in and what pride. they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, it gets back to kind of why we talk about our purpose, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, we all have a, a common purpose. It's public service, Yeah. yeah. but it's really, you know, wound up in our mission statement really well, mm-hmm. right? right? We serve our community, create a better future, whether you're in, you know, for Sports Coast or Public Works or libraries, right? That's yeah. what we do, yeah. right? Right, And so we all do that together. I'm, it almost gets to a point where if you if you say I, it sounds weird. Yes. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't. <laughs> it makes my skin kind of crawl yeah. a little bit. I'm it, like, ooh. It, it, oh, it drives me up a wall. So the other thing uh, I want to talk about real quick is, you know, when you got here, and it still exists today, uh, you can still see it, but how did you deal with the – the mindset of what I'll call East Pasco oh. versus the mindset in the demands of West, because they're different in your arena specifically, right? Right. They, they are different. So yeah. how did you bring them together into a cohesive group that now, you know, both you and the, your chair right. have worked really hard to make that happen? But how, how's that, how y'all, how'd y'all do that? So there's a couple couple different ways. Um, it's constant communication, getting in front of civic organizations, Rotary Clubs, mm-hmm. Chamber of Commerce, um, basically anyone that is willing to hear the why, mm-hmm. why we why we went forward with what we went forward with. Um, and you know, you start breaking down those silos because you're bringing people to the table. You're bringing them um, to the table when you're strategic planning. You're bringing them to the table when you're uh, planning for your marketing. You're you're bringing them to the table when you're 
when you're just strategizing. The TDC yes. Castle. Yeah, that exactly. So um you you start breaking down silos by being face to face with with individuals and really being transparent and truthful. And once they start to believe your word is 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 truth, I think they start believing in you and what yeah. you're trying mm -hmm. to achieve. Right. Right. Because, um, you know, we use the analogy all the time. No one goes to a county on vacation. They go to a destination. Right. right. And um, I don't want to use the analogy of Clark County, but I guess I'll use the analogy of Clark, <laughs> Clark County. Uh, Clark County is uh, is Las Vegas. Right. Right. So you don't go to Clark County, you go to Las Vegas. So you don't go to Pasco County, you go to Florida Sports Coast. And that's how we're positioning ourselves in the marketplace. And it's just literally branding 101. And once we started educating um, the community on the why behind our strategy and our direction, then they started understanding. And then they started understanding our product, our segments of travel, you know, our leisure versus youth, our youth versus B2B on our group. Um, um, and then they all found where they fit in the umbrella of Florida Sports Coast. So we have our seasons of travel our leisure, our sports, our, our, our business. And each part of the destination has its understanding of where they fit within those, those pillars of travel. So um, it, it, it's only through constant education and community awareness. And we've done a really good job of, or Colby and, and Sage have done a really good job of, of creating awareness through our email newsletters and constantly keeping our, our partners up to date with what's happening on Florida Sports Coast. Um, and so once we saw the buy-in from our partners, we started to see our co-op uh, buys start to go up. And I think we generated close to seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000 this year. And that's the most we've generated ever. <laughs> I'm gonna knock uh, it down just a little bit. Just it a little was bit? more like ten thousand dollars, but 000. still, <laughs> it's five digits from the zero I got three years yeah. ago. It was. Uh... It's, it's a huge win for us. Well, right. that that I mean that shows the buy-in of right. uh, you know thousands of thousands of dollars from our partners right. buying into believing our in us. Yeah, yeah. believing yeah. in us, and you know that's offset our cost, mm -hmm. which is allowing us to do more marketing. Right, right. So it's- To bring better opportunities. Yeah, it's just, right. I, I, I believe it's constant education of, yes. of, of the why. Because there were some real headwinds when you got here. There were some people setting their ways. There was. There, there were some things that we'd always done this way. Yes. There was a lot of yeah. breaking down barriers, chopping mm -hmm. wood, I like right. to call it, right? right? You just keep going at it and going yeah. at it. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to mention some of those, but it was, it took a lot of heavy lifting yeah. to get us to where we are today. Yes. We took a, we had a lot of those conversations, you know, mm -hmm. and right after we launched the brand and, you know, we were kind of riding that high, it was very clear that we needed to do a lot of work locally. Yeah. And there were several times Adam and I had the conversations. We just need to keep doing it. We keep, need to keep taking the high road. We just need to keep getting our message out there. And mm -hmm. if we keep doing that effectively, People are going to start to see and believe in us. And honestly, what we needed to do as our team at Florida Sports Goes is we just need to show people. Yeah, right. We needed to get out there. We needed to get our hands dirty. And we just needed to show people what we were able to bring the, to the community. And it goes yeah. back to us all being good stewards and leaders of the brand. And, you know, getting our chair on board mm -hmm. it was the biggest Right. Was yes. the biggest hurdle. And once we got over that hurdle, it's now we have a true champion, a true advocate, and a true believer in tourism and what we do 
not only for the destination, but what we do for Pasco County, the local businesses, the community. He's generating over $722 million of economic impact last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's money directly infused into the economy. So getting him to understand the value, the community shared value of what we bring um, on a, an annual basis was, was key because mm-hmm. now, you know, his – his talking points mm-hmm. always included tourism. Right. Then it was our the rest of our TDC board. Then it was internally. Kathy believed in us. We needed you to believe in us. We needed the rest of the actors to believe in us. Um, Budget Bob, you know, <laughs> uh, he starts believing with us and us. And his story on the economy and the budget right. every year at the board level gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And that's only because of the partnership of the understanding of the why mm-hmm. and what we bring to to the table. Right, right. No, no, that's all really good. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, so as we wrap up, got a few more questions. All right. Uh, these will be these are easy ones. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> kind of just to let people know a little bit about yourself. And, um, and so I'm going to start with the one that I've been missing on more than hitting on lately. But the office or parks and rec. No, no. Office oh, which office. one? Yeah, which one? Oof. I think I'm going to have to go the office, the shows. Yeah. Oh, the, the shows. Um, I was like, do we have to keep, I mean. No, not Keith, Keith or, not Keith or oh the office. God, I love those guys. No, 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 great partnership with them. I don't watch either. I have to say, I don't watch either of those shows. I don't watch the office. You got to catch them on Netflix now. Even though yeah, I yeah. am a Steve Carell fan, I don't yeah. I, I don't watch Office. Okay. I, Parks and Rec. I, okay. I will say working for county government, though, has given me a whole new, new appreciation. appreciation. <laughs> 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 I got to like, oh, those jokes hit different now. <laughs> yeah. It's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, some of their episodes really line up, but then so some of the offices one, you know, too. So Yeah. yeah. It, so so <clears throat> uh, dawn or dusk, morning or afternoon, evening person? I think it, I think that changes um, uh, with your age. <laughs> so, now I'm uh, I'm I'm a dawn person. I get up at four thirty. I read the Bible. I work out with my wife in our garage, and I get ready and set my day All up right. um, at at four thirty. So I I believe I'm a I'm a I'm a dawn person right now. You asked me that ten years ago. Yeah. I'm a dusk person. <clears throat> So, yeah. Done all the way. My power yeah. hours are in the morning. Yeah. I could knock some stuff out. You want a marketing campaign? <laughs> Ask me at 7.30. You'll have it by 9. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what's your favorite season? I mean, we live in Florida, so you really don't have four seasons. What's oh, your gosh. favorite season? My favorite <clears throat> season happens between, I think, February and March, where it's a little okay. bit cooler out. Yeah. It's not... Um, not as humid in the morning. It's like it's, pre spring. Yeah, mm. it's really nice. And I think the, <clears throat> the temperature gets started and ex- the baseball exactly. teams are in town. Even so. though I do get a little uh, PTSD of, of, <laughs> of, uh, of preparation, I still think that I am not prepared and I need to go to camp. And uh, yeah, I, I still get a little uh, right, right. Uh, bad dreams. So. Well, as a North Carolina girl, okay. uh, I love fall. I miss fall. Fall right. is my wardrobe. I miss boots. So I have a whole, <laughs> we try to get out to see my family once right, fall right, kind right, of turns right, around. Right, right. So I'm slowly educating my Florida born husband of what seasons are. So, <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned you traveled a lot of places in baseball, but yeah. what's some, a place you'd most want to travel now? Mm. Now that we're done with COVID, you know, we're kind of past that. Croatia. Place. Croatia? Okay. Croatia. My wife is Croatian. Um, her family is from Split. And okay. so we want to go back to um, her roots. And, yeah, the and Baltics. S- yeah, and see yeah. Croatia. 
Yeah, so I haven't seen that part of Croatia or that part of the Baltics. But really? I've been yeah. to the Baltics. So. Yeah. <clears throat> we are trying to go and see the tulips oh, in the spring okay. in Holland. So that's okay. supposed to be our next trip. But we did just go to Canada. We okay. went to Quebec and my husband saw snow for the first time. <laughs> and uh, after about two hours, he was an expert. He's like, oh, yeah, this is definitely dry snow. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, let's keep in mind, you literally learned what this was two hours ago. So. <laughs> All right. So one last one. Uh, tea or coffee? I just changed over to tea. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm okay. a morning coffee person, but throughout the day, I drink I drink tea now. I I don't I don't know. It's less jittery, I guess. I think the best wedding present we got was a Nespresso maker. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so my husband, aka my personal barista. Okay. makes me an espresso every morning but then i love uh to tap into like my british side and and yeah. drink a nice afternoon tea so i would say kind of both <laughs> yeah. honestly i like them both <laughs> all right well hey thanks for being here we i really Thank appreciate you, it uh love the conversation it was really great and i probably learned a few things about florida sports coast but also leadership and how y'all do what you do over there so i appreciate both um adam and colby you for being here uh it's always great to have you here and then on special thanks to our media relations team who makes this all possible they do a great job behind the scenes and thank you for joining us for this episode of pasco podcast i'm dan biles until the next one for more information on pasco county government please visit mypasco.net and check us out on facebook and twitter 